try not to keep you long. I just feel like I don't, I just want to say what I need to say and get out the way. Amen. Say what the Lord has put into my heart to say to you and get right out the way. Glory be to God. Isaiah chapter 66. I'm going to read three verses of scriptures and then we'll get into seeing what the scriptures are saying to us. Isaiah 66 verse 7 says, Before she travailed, she brought forth before her pain came. She was delivered of a man child. Now I want you to look at it carefully. It says, before she travailed, she brought forth, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. The scripture went on to say, who had heard such a thing? So, what the scripture said at the beginning, before she travailed in birth, before she brought forth, meaning brought forth a child, before her pain came. She delivered a man child. So what the scripture was saying is, is there such a thing that a woman can bring forth a child without travailing? Can, can a woman bring forth a child before, without pain? And so that's what the scripture is saying. And, and, and the Bible says, who had seen such a thing? So the Bible is telling us that's not possible. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Verse 9 says, Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Question mark, saith the Lord. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight about travailing in birth. Travailing in birth. Sometimes you feel led to talk about certain things and you kind of let the Spirit of God lead you to uh, teach and preach. And there is nothing greater than when you feel like you're being led by the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God shows up or let me not say show up because you can't see the spirit of God, but the spirit of God confirm in your heart exactly what you thought the spirit of God was saying. And that happened this evening. And so I'm excited about what I need to share with you. And as I say, I'm just going to get in and get out the way just to convey this message that I believe the Lord wants us all to understand. For the past few weeks, we have been discussing how to reap the Lord's harvest. We talked about how prayer and praise is vapor going up to heaven that will cause the Lord to send down rain to break up the hardened ground. So what we talked about is this, you know, I'll just reiterate just a second here. Uh, people are unable to receive the seed in their heart, the word of God in their heart, because the ground was not prepared properly for the seed to grow. And the first problem that we have is people's heart is hardened. That's the first part we're dealing with. So one of the reasons why we're not seeing change 
in people's life. We're trying to witness the people. We're trying to tell people about God. We're trying to share the word of God with people. Bob, you might start even experiencing this because one great thing about God is once we get God, we realize something is going on in our life. And that makes us so happy that we start to share the things of God with others. Sometimes they may be polite, Bob, but they don't always do what you're telling them that you know is best. It's okay. Don't get frustrated. Don't get anxious. Just understand that the way the word of God works is people's heart has to be prepared before the seed can actually grow and begin to produce fruit in their life. And so we talked about the first thing that needs to be done. And that is we need to send up worship, praise, and prayer into the heaven, and God will cause rain, spiritual rain, to fall in their life that will begin to make their heart, or the ground of their heart, make it uh, moisten, soften. So, we are responsible for praying, and responsible for praising God for our family, for our friends, for our co-workers, for the people that we go to school with, for the people in our community, because that's how spiritual rain will come down. So when you're in your home praising God, when you're at work praising God, when you're in your car praising God or praying, you are sending up vapor and God will eventually send down spiritual rain. That spiritual rain, you can't see what it is. You don't understand it. Only God causes rain to fall. You can't do anything about rain. And so when you praise and you pray, God send down spiritual rain. And so the hardness of their heart become a little bit softer now. And so now when you start to talk to them, they start saying, oh, really? Okay, I understand what you're saying. And all of a sudden, you're thinking in your mind, why are they understanding today, but last week they couldn't understand? Because you send up some vapor and rain came down. So we talked about that. The other thing that we talked about is, okay, after the ground is moistened, we need to now plow the ground. Okay? How do we plow the ground? We have to pray specific prayers. And that's when we pray and we say, Father, I know my cousin have not been you know, focused on you. I know they have sinned against you, but I pray, God, that you'll have mercy on them and forgive them of their sins. I pray, God, that you will open their spiritual eyes so they can see, Lord. I pray, Almighty God, that you'll turn them from the power of Satan unto the power of God. I pray, Lord, that you'll shine your bright light in their life and lead them to a place of restoration, lead them to salvation, add them to the body of Christ. That's how we plow. We have to pray specifically that way. You can't just pray, God save my brother. Why? Because God want to save your brother more than your brother want to be saved and more than you want to be want to see your brother saved. So when we just say, God save my mother, God save my brother, God save my cousin, God save my aunt, God is saying, are you kidding me? You think you want them saved more than me. Did you go to the cross or did I go to the cross? And so he's telling us, I want them more saved than you. I just need you to plow the ground. And that means you have to pray a specific strategic way and that's plowing the ground. So we know how to get him to rain down rain by our prayers and our, and our praise. We know how to plow the ground by praying specifically the kingdom prayer. And now we have to sow the seed. How do we sow the seed? We begin to talk to them about the word of God. 
And so when we sow in the seed, we're saying, do you know that before the foundation of the world, before you was even consumed in your mother's womb, do you know that God ordained for you to do something special in this earth? You're sowing the seed now. Because that's the word in Jeremiah. Before you was even formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I sanctified you to be a prophet. He told Jeremiah, you're going to be a prophet. For many of us in here, it could be prophet, it could be evangelist, it could be pastor, it could be teacher, it could be uh, missionary, whatever it is. We don't know. It takes us a while sometimes to find out what it is. But whatever it is, it was already established before your mom even got pregnant. So you're sowing the seed. Do you know that Jesus Christ loved you? That really and truly he exchanged his life for your life? Because for the way that you may have lived your life, it wasn't pleasing to him. But he still gave his life that you wouldn't die in your sin. Just so one day you will spend eternity with him. Sow in the seed. Sow in the seed. Sow in the seed. And so, same thing when we sow the seed. It means that's the first time the seed is hitting the ground. That person's heart. When we go again and talk to them about Jesus, it means we're watering the seed now. So it's the second time around, the third time around, the fourth time around. It means we're watering. So we're still telling them about what the Word of God says, but it just means we're watering the seed now. Then the final thing is then reaping the harvest. Because then when you water the seed, then it begins to grow and turn into a plant Fruit comes up and then it's time to harvest it. And so we reap the harvest. That's what we've been talking about. And so tonight to finish up uh, reaping of the kingdom, here's the final thing we will talk about tonight. We will talk about tonight travailing in birth. And so God used the the, the method of uh, farming to teach us how to reach after people to help them get into God's kingdom. That, that's all we just talked about. How people get, get saved. How people are, are now reaped into God's kingdom. How people get into the kingdom of God. But I want to talk to you about the same thing in the same vein, a different way, but travailing in birth. We're still going to use, because the Bible teaches us to do this, we're still going to use the same kind of metaphor where we're going to talk about natural occurrences to give you an understanding of what the spiritual connotation really is. So that's what we're kind of going to talk about tonight. So let's look at this for a second here. For there to be a natural birth of a baby, there must be travailing, which is what the labor process is all about. Ladies, so so if you're going to give birth naturally... There's going to be a labor process. In that labor process, there's what's called travailing. That, that's, that's how a woman gives birth. To labor means to work, ladies. Mm-hmm. The purpose of labor is to liberate a child from the womb. They're in a different world. That child, when they're in the womb of the woman, they're in a different world. I don't think there's any light in that world. Man, God, I don't mess with God. You start trying to follow how he teaches through his word, you start to open your eyes wide like, dude, you're crazy. 
I mean, the way I usually just allow us to understand things from natural occurrences, we will start to understand things from a spiritual occurrence. And so a baby that's in the womb of a woman is in a dark place. Okay, all right, you got. You can get it. I, I don't want to keep you long, so I'm not going to explain everything detail by detail. You, you might have to get the tape. <laughs> but but the baby is in a different world, and it's the it's the job of the mother and the baby to eventually come from out of that world and enter into a different world. So the baby is in the womb. And it's only through, again, we're talking about natural birth. It's only through the result of travailing will that baby come out the natural way. As the mother push, she will sometimes even lose her breath. Pushing. Pushing. She pushed with such intensity that she just sometimes got to gasp for, for, for breath because it's just work. Natural birth is probably some of the hardest work any woman will ever do. And so she's pushing. Hard work. Trying to get the baby out. The mother will, extreme, ex, will, will experience extreme pain as the baby enters into this world. Coming from out of the world where the baby was. And as the baby is entering into this world, there is extreme pain at that time. The baby's body contorts to make it through the birth canal, then go back to normalcy once the baby come out. I don't know if we knew this, but you know how they always want the head to come out first and how they do the things? Well, that baby head is contorted to come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. God don't play around, man. And so you're wondering how that baby comes out. Head comes out. It got to contort for it to just uh, come out and come into this world. And so that's what it takes to give birth to a baby naturally. Hmm. It takes a whole lot of travailing. The baby got to be pushing. I mean, the mother got to be pushing and the baby got to be slipping out. So it takes mother and baby for the baby to come out through the natural birth process, the travailing process of labor. What is the meaning of travailing? When the, when the, when the Bible says travail, what does it mean to travail? And here's what it means to travail. To contort in pain. To travail means to contort in pain. Ladies, I'm sure you can relate to that. When that baby's coming out, you're squeezing somebody. When that baby's coming out, you're screaming and wiggling all kind of ways. That baby is coming out, you don't have no control. So to, to, to travail, it means that you are contorting in pain. Another definition. To fall grievously in pain. When you're travailing, you will fall down in pain. You couldn't stand up and give birth. That's why they got you laying down on the stretcher. (laughs) Another definition. To be much sore with pain. 
to be con- just consumed with pain that's travailing. Just consumed by pain. Another uh, definition of travailing. To wait carefully. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Always remember when the Bible take, talk about wait. What I told you before. I've been a waiter. I was a waiter for a long time. A waiter don't just stand around and wait. When a waiter is waiting, it means he's serving or she is serving. As a matter of fact, in some places they call waiters servers. You know, I don't know, back in the day we might have been called waiters just because it might, I don't know what sounds better, servers or waiters. I think waiters sound better. But when you hear wait in the Bible, it don't mean sit around and do nothing. When you hear wait in the Bible, it doesn't mean that, okay, let me just chill. You know, I won't do it. When you hear wait, it means do what the Lord wants you to do as you wait upon His results. So when you're travailing, it means that you're waiting carefully. So you're doing what you're supposed to do and wait for the Lord to do what He will do. The other definition of travailing is to be wounded. For as Zion travail, she brought forth her children. As soon as Zion travail, she brought forth her children. Zion in the Bible represents a female. Zion in the Bible represents a spiritual mother. Zion in the church, Zion in the Bible represents the church. For there to be spiritual baby to be born, Zion must travail. If we're going to give birth to spiritual babies, Zion must travail. I'm not going to be long. It's going to be short and sweet. There will be no baby born without pain, without travailing. The woman does not give birth before she feels pain. She feels pain before she gives birth. <laughs> A woman must feel the pain of childbirth before she can see the baby she gives birth to. So just think, she feels the baby in her. She begins to push out this baby. And in some instance, well, in most instances, she's never really the first one to see the baby. The doctor sees the baby first. And so as she pushes out the baby, it's not until the baby comes out that she will see the baby. So a woman must feel the pain of childbirth before she can even see the baby. So we're not going to see babies until we feel the pain of childbirth. Oh boy. Can I tell you this? Whatever is our passion, we pray passionately about. Can't get out of that one. Whatever is your passion, when it's time to pray about whatever is your passion, you pray differently than whatever is not really your passion. This is why you you might want to think twice when you ask somebody to pray for you. Now, Now, you know, sometimes I hear people say pray for me and I have my thoughts in my mind. You know, I know how to be polite about things, but I have my thought in my mind. 
<laughs> Sometimes they're good thoughts. But when somebody says pray for you, can I tell you? I don't think nobody can pray for you better than you. I don't do a lot of tell people to pray for me. Because I know my problem. I know my challenges. I know my obstacles. You don't know them. So when I tell you, you probably think I'm all right. I'll throw up a prayer to Jesus for Wayne. Yeah, he'll be all right. I know. I'm praying differently because I know. So you better get passionate about you. You better get passionate about the things that you're challenged with, the things that you're going through, because nobody will be able to passionately pray, bring that situation before the Lord better than you. That tells me we're going to have to do a better job getting serious about our walk with God, because only when we understand the seriousness about God or of God, then we will begin to pray a different kind of way. Our passion will, will, will determine how passionately we pray. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 10. I'll read 10 through 15. Great portion of scripture. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child. Somebody say man child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. So what does that mean? Women was different then. Middle Eastern time different, so the women kind of stayed quiet. So she wasn't praying rambunctious like we do now. But she was praying rambunctious. The Bible says she prayed passionately, but her, her mouth didn't move. She was praying in her heart. So she was praying. I mean, the Bible says she was bitter. She was sore. She was praying with intensity. Her mouth wasn't moving, but she prayed with intense. Verse 14. And Eli said unto her, how long will thou be drunken? He's, he's like, you must be drunk. So, so what that means? Why would he think she's drunk? If he can't hear her. Why is he thinking she's drunk if he can't hear her? It must mean she's staggering. Isn't that what drunk people do? It must mean she acts like she's a little not in her right mind. So when you see somebody staggering and moving like this, the first thing come to our mind, they're drunk. Well, Eli, her husband said, woman, what are you, drunk? So he's not hearing her voice, but he thinks she's drunk. Think about how she's praying. You want to think about that a little bit? It's normal to walk around and pray. So in case you want to know why sometimes you see people walking around and praying, that's normal. Because when you're praying with intensity, when you're praying with passion, when you're praying with, with just all your strength, you can't hold yourself in. You're just moving around and exercising that prayer that's coming out of you. Verse 15. 
And Hannah answered and says, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Are we pouring out our soul before the Lord? What has you so passionate that's going to cause you to get beyond yourself when you pray? Listen, I'm all for sometimes to sit back and pray. Oh, Lord, thou art God. Sit in my chair, lay in my bed, get on my knees, clasp my hands, whatever. I'm all for that sometimes. But there's times when something that's supposed to mean a lot to you because you're so passionate about it. How you pray for that? Because that prayer is known as travailing prayer. And the Bible says, if we don't travail, then we will give birth to zero, zilch, nada, no children. So just keep on saying your nice prayers. There's going to be some things you want to see done. And yes, we're talking about spiritual children here, but there are going to be some other things in your life that you need a breakthrough, that you need something to happen. How are you going to pray for that situation? Lord, your God, there's some things that just need travailing prayer. If we will pray with the same passion and intensity that Hannah did for a man-child, we will begin to give birth to many children. we got to start questioning ourselves and ask, do we even care about children? In the spiritual sense. But I'm getting ready to tell you what the Lord told me this evening. Drive into church. Let me give you this real quick. Isaiah 37, verse 3 says this. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke. And of blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, comma, and there is not strength to bring forth. Can I break that down for you? What that's telling us is, God will do everything he's supposed to do for spiritual children to be born. But if we don't have strength to travail for them to come out of the womb, they will never come and God will do nothing about it. And you're talking about His will, His will and His purpose. And He's already established that children must be born. The church must produce spiritual children. So He's already established that children must be born spiritually. But what He's saying is, I'm not the one. Oh, somebody help me here today. Because the church is the mother. And the church is the one that does the pushing. God is saying, I'm not the one that push. I'm the Father. I planted the seed. I use you to plant the seed, but it's not my responsibility to push your child from out of the womb. 
And so, so many of us are just sitting back, enjoying the comforts of teaching in the church, enjoying the comforts of music in the church, and God is saying, that's, that's, that's really not why I had the church established. I need the church to give birth. I need the church to, 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 to begin to travail for spiritual babies to come out. That's why he established the church. Listen, God don't mind us worshiping and praising. God don't mind us singing the songs of Zion. God don't mind all those things. But just understand, that's not the reason why he established church. He established church for the people that are in this world to one day be saved. The church is supposed to do the work of the kingdom. We've been saying that for a while. So if the church is enjoying worship and praise and music, God is saying, oh, that's wonderful, but where's the children? The church is just having a good time. God says, I want you to have a good time, but where's the children? And so God says, I brought I've done all that I can as the father to get the children to be consummated, for there to be the seed, conception. But now, church, you have to do the pushing. Have we come to the time of birth and there is no strength? Are we in a place where we don't have any strength? To push, or do we just choose not to use our strength to push? I'm getting ready to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. The concern is this. Coming to the time of birth and bringing forth any children, God has promised that this is never his will or his doing. So when children get to the point of coming... And we don't push. Can you imagine a woman being pregnant and she come to term and nothing is going on? No, no, no water breaking, no time to deliver, all of that stuff. Can you, I don't even want to imagine that. But that's kind of what's happening sometimes in the church. Woman pregnant, she come to term, it's time for her to give birth, but she don't have any strength to push. Yeah, I know we, big time now we talk about, yeah, she just got a cesarean. I hear you. I didn't read nothing about that, what that God was talking about with this. He didn't say, um, well, if you can't push, get a cesarean. I didn't see that in the Bible. I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't see that. If it's not his will or doing, why do everything, why do we do everything necessary to bring forth children to have increase and it doesn't happen. Here is what this is saying. We, we, we do what we think is all the right things to, to see people be born into the kingdom of God and, and, and we don't see people being born into the kingdom of God. Here is a complete born, a child being born into the kingdom of God. Here's the complete deal. The child is consumed or, or there's conception, right? Because everything went right. Rain came down, the ground was plowed, all that stuff. Everything is good, so there's conception, all of that stuff. And now gestation, baby being grown in the womb and everything happened right and everything coming right. And so, you know, baby come out, baby take its first breath. That's the natural. But in the spiritual, here's what happened. You get an understanding of who Jesus is. This is a complete uh, spiritual birth. You get... An understanding, revelation 
of who Jesus is. And once you get that, you realize, wow, Jesus is the all-powerful God. Jesus is God that manifests himself. Because before Jesus came, we, we couldn't see God. And so God came in the form of man. And his name is Jesus. Okay. And he's the one that died for our sins. He's the one that gave his life in exchange for our life. He's the one that loved us. He's the one that is reaching for us and wants to use us and do great things in our life. Wow. And I've been living my life to ignore him. And I've been living my life turning my back on him. And I haven't done anything to please him for all that he has done for me. Wow. I didn't realize that. Well, how can I get that straight now? Now that I know who Jesus is, The Bible says that you have to repent of your sins, right? So that means that you have to go to Jesus and says, Lord, forgive me. I confess my sins to you and I ask that you will forgive me because now I realize who you are and what you've done and how much you love me. So I'm confessing my sins to you and I'm repenting of my sins. Lord, please forgive me. And so you repent of your sins. Then you get baptized in Jesus' name. So now somebody baptized you, submerge you in water in, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And now that... That constitutes your physical birth. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, like the Bible said, one day when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will speak with tongues. That's your spiritual birth. So you get a physical and a spiritual birth, water birth and a spiritual birth. And so when that's complete, that's called being born again or being born spiritually. So everybody have a natural birth. But everybody must have a spiritual birth as well. Your spiritual birth consists of revelation of Jesus Christ, repentance, oh, baptism in Jesus' name in water, and receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is the complete process of being born again. Or being born spiritually. So when we complete that process, we're spiritually born. That's what God has in store for us. And so... That, that's what needs to happen to everybody. Everybody needs to experience that. And so the church is the one that's responsible to give birth spiritually. So children being born spiritually is the responsibility of the church. And so it's important that every one of us in the church, when we come in, whether we are not born yet spiritually or we're born spiritually, this needs to be priority in our thinking. It's nice to preach about some other things. It's nice to preach. But the bottom line is we need to really make spiritual birth a priority in our life, in the church. I'll get to the, I'll tell you in a second what's going on. So spiritual birth is important, but it's going to take some travailing, some pushing for us to give birth to children. And so if there's no birth, and I'm not saying we're not having any birth, I'm just telling you what we ought to focus on. And so when children are being born, it means that we're travailing. There's prayer going on. That's what uh, spiritual travailing is, 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 is praying, real prayer. Not, not, not prayer that, you know, like they like to say, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Not prayer that we just say a little something. Uh, we need to pray travailing. You know, sometimes you're gonna find yourself sweating. Sometimes you're gonna find you spitting, your mouth dry, you 
contorted in a corner just bawling out. You walking around just losing your mind because now you're travailing. You're not just saying some words. You're not just talking to God. You're travailing and showing God how desperate you are for children. If we go back to Hannah, Hannah didn't walk around and just be like, oh God, if you just grant me children. No, she wanted children really bad. And so I'm driving to church tonight. Almost done. And I said, God, why does all women want children? Whether they say it or not, don't even pay them no mind. All women want children. I said, God, what is it why women want children? Why does all women feel like they want children? Man, every time God speaks to you, you just want to. Act like a fool, like a child. And so I would drive and I couldn't write it down. But as soon as I got here, I wrote it down. How badly do we want babies? Hannah wanted baby badly. And women want baby badly. And Hannah went to praying like she was crazy. She travailed for prayers. So I said, God, why? And his answer was, because I created them with a womb. I don't even know these things. He says, women want children badly because when I created them, I created them with a womb. Only a womb can produce children. Men don't have womb. Huh. I'm just telling you my revelation I got today. I'm dancing still in my mind. I just want to run. I'm like, stop it, Jesus. You make me smart all the time. He said, the only reason why they want it because they got something to carry it in. Men don't have that. He gave the women a womb specifically. So whether she come out and say it, whether she admit to it or she don't, every woman that is born under the sun desire to have children. Because he gave them a womb. And so, Hannah had a womb. No children. So she act up. I need children. Because she can't help it. It's in her. I got this womb that God gave me. I'm walking around every day with a womb that, that, that produces children. And I can't do anything with it. God, I need children. She got to praying. What happened to those kind of things? Why are we just settle and just go with the flow? When God is saying, why don't you ask me? Didn't I say ask? And you will receive? Right? And so she started praying. And she travailed and she travailed. And God gave her a man child. One of the reasons why you're going to have to travail for children is because that will remind you of how you need to take care of yourself. Thank you, sir. What they say, easy come, easy go. And I'm not saying somebody that adopt children not going to take care of them. But what I'm saying to you, because they will, because they're going through the, the process of adopting those children. But what I'm saying to you, lady, when you travail and you bring, this is why your child, and I'm, thank God none of our children are like that in here. If your child become a serial killer, you still love that child. Because you travailed. So-and-so didn't travail. Nobody else travailed for that child. You travail. 
And so this is what is going to make us, oh my God, this will take us everywhere we want to go. This will cause us to love our brothers and sisters. Because if the church start travailing for babies, what happened? When somebody become born again, Bob, I celebrate every day for you. Because it meant that, you know what? We prayed to God to give us baby. And you came and you surrendered your life to God. And God brought you into his kingdom. I, you get treated for me like royalty. There is nothing that you will ever need that I'm not going to bend over backwards and say, what do you need, Bob? Let me do it for you. You know why? Because we travail for you. And if we're praying and asking God to send us babies, uh, spiritual babies, then we will take care of them. It will cause us to love one another. But because we're not travailing, uh, we start getting to the place where we say, eh, I can't mess with them. I, I got a problem with them. You know why you got a problem? Because you never travail for them to come. You never travail for them to give birth. But if you travail for children to be born, you will begin to say, I love him. I know he's crazy, but I love him. I know she off, but I love her. Because man, oh man, it was a day when she wasn't here and she didn't know Jesus. But when we prayed, here she came and we gave birth to her. That's how we love one another. That's how we care for one another. That's how we will take each other's faults as is. Because we gave birth. We travailed. That's what God is looking for from us. And so if children are going to be born, it's going to take travailing. We want to think that, oh man, God's just going to save people. No, God's got his system set up and his process working and it's going to work. If this church don't pray and, and travail for, for souls, another church will. What do you think God's plan is going to stop because you don't travail? You, can, you don't have to travail. God just won't give you nobody. No, you won't have children. Listen, the Bible says children are a heritage from God. They're a blessing from God. And so if children are a blessing, give me some children, Jesus. If you don't want none, I hear you. But I want children. And so if we want children, we're going to have to travail for children. It takes spiritual, well, let's say it this way. It takes physical strength to push out a natural baby. It takes spiritual strength to give birth to a spiritual baby. You can't be weak and give birth to a spiritual baby. So here is what I'm telling you tonight. We're going to have to come up as Christians. And you don't have to know all the scriptures. You don't have to know a whole lot. You know all you need to know? How to give all your heart and your mind and your soul to prayer. That's all you need to know right now. You don't need to know all the scriptures. You don't need to know how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Just give everything you got to praying for somebody to be saved. That's what you need to do. You need to go to God and, and say, God, my nephew, have mercy upon him, for he has sinned against you. But God, I know it is your good pleasure to save him. I know it's not your will that my nephew should perish. So I ask you tonight in the name of Jesus to forgive my nephew of all his sins Lord and I pray that you'll open spiritual eyes and I bind the strong man in his life Lord and I pray that you'll turn him from the power of Satan unto the power of God and that God you'll add him to the family of God 
I'm praying like that. And I'm not praying no mamsy pamsy. All of us got energy. All of us got strength in here. None of us are crippled or handicapped. Every bit of strength that you got in you when you're praying about things that you're passionate about, you need to pray with some intensity. You need to pray with some drive. You need to pray with some strength. You can't just say mamsy pamsy prayers. Pray like your children are getting ready to die. And if you don't pray, they will die. That's how we need to pray. Pray like your child is getting ready to die. And it's your prayer that's going to save them. Oh, God, help me. God created her with a womb. And so she desired to give birth because she had a womb. The church have a womb. That's what he told me. The church have a womb. Because the church is the one that give birth. I created the church with a womb. Oh my God. So the question is, if you, uh, this might be offensive to you, but it's a hard question you got to ask yourself. If you say you are a part of the church and you don't have the desire to give birth, you got to ask yourself again, am I really a part of the church? Because the woman that have a womb that walks around and says she don't have a child, but she want a child is because she have a womb. And so she's walking around and says, God, I need for you to give me a real baby so I can rock my baby, so I can kiss my baby, so my baby can grow up, so I can have my own baby because she have a womb. And so that woman desperately want that baby. If you're a part of the church, God tells me the church has a womb and if you have a womb you gotta want the same thing like the natural lady wants the spiritual mother needs to want a baby one needs to want babies and if you don't want a baby to be produced spiritually you gotta ask yourself am I a part of the church am I a part of the church if, if, if I'm not just going crazy about babies being born, am I a part of the church? Because the church is a woman. The church is a female. Brothers, you don't have to like it. I don't have to like it. But God called us the bride of Christ. That means female. The Bible said the church is the mother. Again, female. So at the end of the day, we're a female kind of operation. And so we have to operate like that. And so we must want to give birth. Ah. Help me, Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. And so, today, I'm talking to you about travailing in birth. It's going to take some real prayers. So, if we're going to get anything done, the energy we spend complaining, can you do something else with that energy for me, please? I ain't got time to complain, Brother Chuby. I'm going to put some effort into it. And if I know I'm praying the will of God, here's the, here's, here's the secret. If your energy is about praying for the will of God to be done, and it's not getting done, you need to get up in God's grill. I'm telling you that. You tell God, my pastor said, I can get up in your grill for not doing what you said you will do. He'll talk to you. I didn't get up in his grill this evening, but I was kind of like, Lord... What is this all about? Why, why does women want baby? And I was more, more, you know, asking from a standpoint of, I don't understand. And he'll answer that. So, so, you know, you're going to start off subtly. All right, Lord, I'm, I'm praying in travailing prayer. I, I'm, I'm really praying your will, Lord. 
But what's going on here? I've been doing this for a couple of weeks now. Nothing going on. What am I missing? And then you go back to God. What's the story? And so that's what you need to do. You need to go to God, but you first got to do what he told you to do first. Because when you're not doing what God said do and you go to him, he don't talk to you. Oh, you don't know that? Go and talk to God about something after he already told you what to do. He will not talk to you. Lord, why is this? He's like, get out of here. You won't see that. That's me talking. He's like, until you do what I told you to do, I am not telling you nothing else. That's how God operates. So a lot of times we're trying to ask God three and four questions at once. And God is saying, you're worrying about too much. Just just go ahead and do what I told you to do the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because God knows every step that he tells you to take, it reveals something else to the next step you will take. That's how he's got everything set up. So when you take this step, he says, good. Because when you get there, I'm going to show you something there. So when you get to the next place, you're prepared for the next place. But me telling you three steps ahead, you won't even understand. Travailing in prayer. And so I want you to remember what I'm telling you tonight. Go to God about it and begin to travail for babies. Lord, give us baby lest we die. Give us babies lest we die and pray for the babies. Go to um, the scripture that we read um, in, in, in with Hannah. You can go to um, 1 Samuel 10 and you can read all of chapter 1. It will tell you how Hannah went about. And so it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Just like Hannah went and travailed for a natural baby, you go and travail to God about spiritual baby. And I'm sure you have people in your family that are not saved. I'm sure you have people in your family that are not born again. So you got a lot of people to pray for. So go ahead and start calling out names. And when you don't have no names, say, God, we want babies, spiritual babies. Any questions? Let's pray. Jesus, there is none like you. I feel your strength. I feel your power. God, I can't tell you how good you are to us. I know you've been good to me, Lord. And I can't say enough of how good you've been. I know you've been good to so many of us in this church. And oh God, I pray that we will understand your goodness. And from understanding your goodness and understanding that you're keeping your end of the deal, your end of the promise, your end of the covenant. And let us understand, Lord God, that we need to keep our end of the covenant, our end of the promise. Father, I pray tonight that we will walk out of this place understanding that we need to start travailing for spiritual babies. And Lord God, we will not just be content with just what you're doing. But God, we will realize that what you're doing is not what you want to do. You want to do way more than what's going on. But it's all depending upon us. Will we travail or will we not travail? Will it just be a couple of us that travail or will the whole church travail? I pray tonight. Lord God, uh, that something will just just begin to happen uh, in all of our soul, in all of our heart, uh, where we will begin to travail for spiritual babies, Lord God. Uh, and I pray, Lord, that you will begin to equip us uh, to be able to be midwives. Equip us, Almighty God, uh, on how to nurture babies. Equip us, Almighty God, on how uh, to take care of babies. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray tonight, Lord God, uh, that your will be done. 
learn and that you'll continue to add to the church, that you'll continue to use us to, to travail and bring forth children, spiritual children. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for all that you're doing and we give you praise and honor and all these things we ask you in Jesus' holy name. Can somebody say amen? God bless you. Have a fantastic evening.